Hi, Mom. I hope this letter finds you well. I'm not sure when I'll be able to send this your way. I don't even know where we are anymore. Arma said, Shadowfell? We've been walking for an hour and a half and I keep getting turned around. Nothing looks like it used to, and I swear the moon is in a different spot every time we look back at it. The three of us are taking a break now, though. We really need the rest after the journey we had. Who knew it would end up this way? I mean, things were looking so good after leaving Dilmore. Drell, you make it back just before these two wake up. Uh, as the sun becomes a little higher, the sounds of birds start to chirp, and it is now morning. <laughs> Good morning. Nope. Need need more sleep. Armos, come on. Come on, it's time to get up. Uh, Armos. Uh, Reginald is snoring heavy. I got this one snoring in my ear, and I got you. Can't get no sleep around here. No more happy, please. Armos, the craziest thing happened to me last night. You won't believe it. (laughs) What? Then I, I would nudge Reginald. What happened? I saw... I saw Melora again! Oh, it was amazing! Me, me. What, me, me. what happened? Me. I don't know. She said something about uh, giving me holes. And I... Uh, now I got like this cool feather thing. <laughs> I pull out my new feather that's like glowing. <laughs> Shing, spock, spoggle. <laughs> I kind of cock my head kind of squint my eyes and roll over and start going back to sleep. And it's really cool, because, like, now I can... Oh. Okay. Hey, Drell! (laughs) Drell? Drell is, like, butt naked still. He still hasn't put back on his clothes. And he's doing, like, that high knee running in place, trying to get just a full hit exercise up before trying to get the fucking... Ah, we're doing calisthenics. I love it. Morning calisthenics. Come on, Shane. It's all about the morning morning burn. And squat jumps. Go. 20, go. It's on the glutes. You got to remember, it's the glutes. It's the buys, the tries. Wait, how do I do... It's all the important stuff. It's It's called... Beauty muscles, Menace. Remember that beauty muscles. Know the muscles matter because they're not beautiful. Oh, beauty muscles. Have you heard of beauty muscles, Mom? It's fascinating stuff, and Joel's teaching me all about it. Joel told me he was a beauty muscle specialist back home, and rest assured I am learning from the best. Uh, but I'm getting sidetracked. You're not going to believe this, but I saw a picture of Miranor on a calf menu. Apparently, this renowned chef Novo purchased some rare hydra meat from Miranor during his travels. Knowing Miranor, though, he probably stole it from someone and said he slayed the beast himself. Right, Mom? <laughs> right? <clears throat> Anyways, Arbos, Drell, and I went searching for a wyvern to hunt and sell to Novo. Turns out the wyvern wasn't even a wyvern at all. You see that the room opens up to the right, and then you hear a deep breath from your left. Out from the shadows, bring it. You see a pair of blood red eyes that are massive. You also see this sharp grin smile poking its head out further from the darkness. You see a giant head of a green dragon, and it smiles at you and it starts to laugh as its mouth begins to fill up with this green smoke cloud. 
That probably can't be good. <laughs> Minus, you wanted to try to go see if you could talk to it? Yeah, wait a second. You're not a wyvern. <laughs> nope. We found a dragon and a whole lot more than we bargained for in that cave, including a red ore vein. Who do you think was all over that? I kind of scan the area. I noticed that there's a uh, that red crystal that was sitting up high up on there, unguarded. And me and Reginald both look at each other and then sprint straight at it. And uh, I yeah, go, yeah. All, yeah. go all, all the way up. You get to the top of this hill. The, the ore vein is bursting through the ground and it is about 15 feet taller than you. Around the shard, you see these chests filled with items. You see gold all around you. You just found the dragon's hoard his nest this is clearly where he's been staying and you take out your tome and you get ready to smack the book as you feel this immense power this aura coming from the book and the orving you look back to see drell and menace where, where they were just fighting the dragon menace is currently in a sticky situation where he's breathing in this like fog dragon that this dragon left behind it's his animated breath you turn and look back at the Orvane. Reginald nods at you as he is seething and drooling from the mouth looking at this thing. You look at your tome and the eyeball is re is revealed and he is staring at you and then stares at the tome. And you haven't seen this thing more bloodshot in your entire life. And at the base of it, I take my book and I smack it. You go ahead and you smack the book against the blood Orvane and a flashing red light emits throughout the entire cave illuminating the cave for just a moment as all of this energy swirls and swarms into your tome and you are holding it in place and you are feeling this adrenaline rush and Reginald's like this is what I'm talking about as his fur is being blown back his ears are being blown back your hair is being blown back your horns grow uh, to its fullest extent your horns antler out as the blood or vein starts to disappear and you see that it goes deeper and deeper and it does not seem to stop. And you had to be there to believe it, but I swear it's true. We're working on the whole blood shard addiction thing, by the way. I'll update you more on that in the next letter. So we lost the dragon for a bit and soon stumbled upon something no adventurer ever wants to deal with. All right, uh, Drell, throw me across this. I kick Menace over the way. I, I, I just kick him just hard enough to get him over the, the pit. Make me a strength check as you kick Menace over the pit of spikes. Like a meanie. That's a nap fucking 20, dude. You kick this. You kick Menace. You're like, all right, toss me over. Boom. And you go over the pit of spikes and you hit the wall, cave wall and you slide down like a car key. <laughs> Oh my What's God. over there, Menace? <laughs> Give me a second. Give me a second. And wind's knocked out of him. Give me a, a second. Sid, where are you? Me, <laughs> me. And you see that, like, when you peel yourself off the wall, Sid is like trapped in between the rock wall and your and your stomach, and he falls down with you. Oh, bang. Uh, so there's a chest over here, right? Mm -hmm. uh, is it locked? Can I just? Uh, can I check to see if there are any like? It looks like a wooden chest with like iron wrapped around it. Like it looks like a, like you know, it's it's a wooden chest built with like iron around the edges. So it look there is a keyhole. You just don't know if it's locked huh. or not. 
Hmm. I smack it. I like kick the kick the chest. You kick the chest. Don't tell me it's a mimic. Spoiler alert! It was a mimic, and I was left to fight that thing all by myself. I hear the commotion, and I walk in that direction just to just to get eyes, just to make sure that they're not doing anything too ridiculous. And I see menace through the cave. The, the chest came alive. The chest is trying to eat us. <laughs> So we good? Do you need me to come in there? No. <laughs> I can't do anything else. I can only move halfway through the the part to where I see you. Drell, it's gonna go back up to your initiative. I'm just gonna take a dash action down the hallway back back towards Armos. Okay. As you leave through the tiny crack in the wall, oh fuck, the secret room. Turn back around. Down the dark hallway, you see these pair of red. Right, uh, turn back around, turn back around, turn back around. Ormos, come back out here. <laughs> I'm swapping oh back to my giant slayer. That's all I'm gonna okay. do. Be like, uh, never mind. I think I'm actually gonna need this. <laughs> you swap, you swap back, and uh, the dragon goes. You're gonna need a bigger weapon. As he licks his, and I go, Drell. I got one right here, and I grab my crotch. Drell, Drell. Please don't tell me the dragon is out there. <laughs> I won't tell you the dragon's out here then. It was a sticky situation for sure. Armos and Drell fought the dragon together. And what happened next? Well, <laughs> it was pretty unbelievable. So I roll out of the way and uh, I just go, lunch has been canceled today due to the lack of hustle. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and fucking... <laughs> Oh my god, that's a nat fucking 20, no. dude. Oh, Let's no fucking way. shit. Go. Let's fucking wow. go. Say goodbye to your dragon, Tony. Okay, hold on. Dude, if you... Okay, he is not like... There's a chance. He's low. I'm going to let you know right now. Because I'll eat my fucking hat if you kill him in this turn. He, He's low. But if you manage to do this much damage on one swing, I will be very impressed. Do it. Do you need me to math for you? You want to shout me out some numbers? I'll get the calculator oh, ready. That is 45 damage. No fucking way. No, it's not. No, yes, it's it fucking is. not. No, it's, it's, it's fucking 20. not. 45 it's points 20. of damage. It's 45 damage, yeah. <laughs> hey, where's that hat, though? Where's that hat, though? Fuck you. Finish him, Drell. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fucking shit. Dude, he has That's 32 points of health. Oh my god, dude. Um, yeah, so I kind of just say that to him. Uh, you know, lunch is being canceled because he's trying to fucking eat me. And I just fucking <laughs> slash him right in the mouth. You see that he's like trying to crawl away behind him, heading back to his horde. And he's just pulling himself by his one good arm. And he's kicking and trying to do everything he can to get away from you. He's like, no, 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 it's too soon. It's too soon. It's too soon. How is he speaking right now? <laughs> so by the way, like he attacked, like he hit him from like the corner of his mouth. He has a massive head. For, even with the giant slayer, like it doesn't completely scalp him, but he has taken severe brain damage that he's clinging on to his last thought as he's trying to uh, feebly crawl away and his movements become slower and weaker before he eventually just drops and becomes lifeless. He's like, no, 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 it's too soon. It's too soon. It's too, it's too soon. And he manages just to get a few feet as he, and his tongue drips out. 
You see Minus walk out of the entrance of that tunnel with blood, guts, and sawdust all over him. <sighs> Did we do it, guys? Guys, uh, I, I can help now. I, I can help now. Oh, look who showed up to the party. Yeah, look who fucking showed up. <laughs> I I just fought this, this chest thing by myself. <laughs> Oh, I go, oh, and look what I fought by myself. And I point at the dragon. <laughs> he peers around the corner. <sighs> he, uh, but as he says that, Drill kind of looks at Armos, like, like, shut up. <laughs> Don't say anything about the fireball. <laughs> Minus also looks at Armos like, did you help? <laughs> Everything's surrounded in fire, like, and I just shrug. Yeah, I'm looking at the fire, like, did it oh, it was, oh, it was totally, it was all Drill with the... <laughs> See, uh, what did I say? We sold a lot of dragon meat to Novo, and we made our way to the Sigic College. I won't bore you with the boring details about sneaking through Redguard checkpoints, or collecting magic stones from a traveling merchant, or Drell's weird new obsession with cheese. But one night, when the moon was full, we were ambushed. And if that wasn't bad enough, something else crazy happened. Minus wakes up as you look down for Drell. Minus. You look over as almost points to the sh to the hooded figure in the distance. It looks over. It doesn't see Drell. You, as you're yelling for Minus, you start to move his clothes as you see some rustling underneath. Drell, you feel this large tarp moving above you until you manage to see a little creature beneath the armor. And as the little creature emerges, you hear light sounds of jazz emitting from it. As you see a tiny mouse holding a saxophone with tattoos <laughs> across its body and fur. <laughs> well, if you look in your private messages, you will see a character sheet. I'm I'm looking at it right now. Fucking A, dude. If you like, you could go ahead and share the name of your character sheet for me. Oh my god. Um, I am Drell of the Jazzborn, a level seven bard mouse. As you see this tiny mouse playing its little saxophone with the same tattoos of Drell. Yep, Drell is a were rat or mouse thing. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how that whole situation works. But together with his jazzy tunes and our fire, we destroyed our ambushers. One was left, thank goodness, and we were able to interrogate him. And I give him a, I rip out a piece of paper from my journal and hand him a quill. Why did you attack us? He like scraggly writes on this piece of paper and he hands it back to you. It's an orcish. Good thing I uh, speak and read orc. Do you really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, he says, it says on the piece of paper that he was ordered to. Ordered to. By who? And I give him another uh, sheet. He points to the dead body that's burned. Uh, the one that looks different. The one that you heard speak. The one that's been casting the magic. And then he points to his mouth. And then he makes like a no sign with his hand. Did he do this with magic? Did he force you to do this with magic? <sighs> and he starts nodding at you. Is there a way we can help you that we can get this spell off you? And he shakes his head no. Oh my god. Drell, you don't have anything to help him, right? Um, uh, squeak, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you doing some weird magic stuff. I've never seen you do that before. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty fucking cool. But don't tell Armus that. Squeak. 
I mean, it is cool though. <laughs> As you guys are like talking amongst yourselves, after a few seconds, he looks at Armos and he sticks his tongue out, like the flat, like the top of his tongue, and he sticks as far out as, as he can. And there is actually a magic rune that is glowing blue imprinted on his tongue. Whoa, Armos, you know anything about this stuff? Come here and don't, don't cut his tongue off. Actually, I mean, maybe that that'll might help. actually work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't have any spells for this, you're losing your tongue. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I mean, he actually might have a hard time talking though without a tongue as well. But he's he's so good at writing, and I I kind of shoot him a look like. <laughs> oh wait, I have detect thoughts. Can I cast that? Yes, you can. So when you cast it on an unsuspecting person, you can get shallow thoughts, like whatever's on the top of their head. And then if you want to dig deeper, yeah. you will have to do yeah. a roll for that. And then it goes against their saving throw. So what his thoughts are saying is that he can't talk. He's worried that you guys are going to kill him. Um, and that it was his comrades. And he's really worried about the other half orc that died. You get the feeling that it was a really close friend, but he's focused on you. Okay. Um, yeah. So then... Minutes, just keep asking him questions. Oh, okay. Why? Just keep asking him. I'll tell you later. Uh, are those your buddies over there? And I point to the orcs. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he's like nodding his head up to the half orc that burned and no to the other one that was casting magic. And Drell, the thoughts you're getting was we were ordered to come attack. This is supposed to be an ambush to steal goods. The person that he was just pointing to that gave him the order, uh, the the four of them were working willingly with each other. I'm trying to read his mind, Menace. It turns out, you know, I do have that ability. You know, not a weird flex or anything, but... <laughs> and I guess this, these guys were working as like a team, but him and his orc buddy were being forced by like magic and shit by that other guy. Oh, but they didn't... They didn't want to attack us originally. They just got forced by this guy, huh? No, they were like trying to rob us. They were like on like a, I guess they're like road bandits or something. I don't know. Keep asking uh, them questions about like who the purple guy works for. Yeah, who is that guy over there? And I point to the purple guy. I mean, he could just write this down too. When you ask him that question, Minus, as you hand him a piece of paper, he goes and he looks at it and he writes down. He gives you a name and it says uh, Zalar. Yeah. Drell. Mm -hmm. You hear a different name, Shava. Wait, that's wait. Who the fuck is Sh Shava? Shava, who's Shava? I see Zalar here. I, I don't know. He was thinking Shava. What do you mean? He's what? What does that say? Wait a second. Are you lying to us? When he hears you say Shava, he goes. He like has a really worried look on him on his face. Drell, you hear the words Red Dawn come to mind. Oh fuck! He's working for the Red Goddamn Dawn. But he was being forced to do so by some dark magic. After talking Armos down, we let Gaki go. We did find a map on one of the cultist members that was very cryptic, but assumed it would lead us to some magic oil that would light the lantern we have. All signs pointed to Lelouch's farm and vineyard, and as much as I wanted to see Kemi Joe, finding the oil could save us a lot of time in the long run. So, we took a detour. The three of you are on the road to Lelouch's farm and vineyard, and as you travel down the road, you notice that there are wagons and caravans of people passing you by, and you all seem to be having a great time. They are indeed heading the same direction as you are. The road leads up and down hills, 
and when you finally get on the top of a rather large hill you get a good look at your destination a vast large beautiful and lushful farm is before you acres upon acres of beautiful farmland as far as the eye can see the farm looks like the size of a giant borderless city as you gaze onto the grand spectacle you notice beautiful tapestries wonderful blending of colors and fresh fruit and vegetables as far as the eye can see the farm before you looks like a perfect geographical farming biome this farm has everything from a long range of mountains in the distance to a beautiful water basin and acres of fresh farmland filled to the brim with vegetation now to give you a better perspective this place is about the size of like all of the disney world parks put together it's big if you wanted to walk around the entire thing in a giant circle it might take you about a little more than a half a day but with all the towns that just kind of blend together from a distance you see that there's roads and connecting bridges to all these different types of farms and each farm looks like its own community and it looks like each farm does its own thing but mesh together pretty well um and in the distance it's covered by these giant cliffs that ascend like like a giant staircase and matter of fact drell you would recognize this location based off its name as the giant's footsteps and the water where uh where it rests is well known as the giant's foot bath because of its name so when you guys set out on this journey to come here when we ended the last episode a couple hours have passed to make it here and you are now at the entrance way let's say to this giant farm and there is a crossroads in front of you and there's a signpost and on the signpost it has all the names of the different farms that you can visit and next to the signpost is a bulletin board and it's some like a brief description of each of the farms that you can go to and as you're looking at it you see people passing the signpost and they're going in all different directions and the signpost you see before you has six different locations on it and they say on the bulletin board it says Lelouch's ranch is the origin of this beautiful land producing varying crops and livestock guests are welcome to stay on our land enjoy an all year round autumn coziness the next place is the ice brew minyards the minyards produce the finest ale and lager year round using dwarven science to grow and produce the finest mountain blueberries this location is available for buying stock only then you got the Lurkes reservoir Lurkes is the largest reservoir in South Trillis, filtering all the water for you to use and enjoy. Guests are welcome to stay at this beautiful lake town and enjoy its nightlife to its fullest. The next is Zuggish Orchards. As the description starts, it goes, a rose for your rose, and then it's scribbled out. And where it's scribbled out, there's a sign that says, don't come here. <laughs> and then the last one is Buzz Guzz Ranch. You like bugs? It's all the buzz. Guzz's bugs are the buzziest buds around. Rare and exotic insects live here. And the last sign is Lelouch's Manor, proud owner of the farm and vineyard. Well, I mean, Menace, you want to go get some ale, right? So we could always go to Ice Brew first. Kind of get the lay of the land, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm right on the same exact page as you, man. I think, you know, looking at that weird map we have, Maybe it's on the left side of this whole park, whatever this is. So maybe it's a good idea to start there. Kind of talk to people at the tavern and figure out, you know, what's going on around here. Mm. So I like that yeah. idea. I didn't even think about that map, but yeah, sure. I mean, that works too. We can <laughs> definitely do that. 
The minyards remind me a lot of home, Mom. You would love it. There were even goats all around, and one even gave us some important information. Ah, speak with animals has been one of the most useful spells ever, and Miranor told me it was useless. <laughs> Shows him. Uh, bl Bloodshot, you say? Well, it just so happens. He looks around, and he nods his goat-like head a little closer. He goes, you wouldn't believe this. I didn't see any bloodshots, per se. However, I did see something. I did hear news of something peculiar in the minyards. Yes, that's where they get the delicious berries, like what I'm eating right now. And he has a big old bucket of blueberries around his neck. He's eating out of it like a trough. You see, you know, they, they, they always dig these new elaborate mine shafts in the mountains to farm more of these mountain blueberries, yes. I've been in there plenty of times, which is why I know this. But one day there was bad news. One of the mine shafts collapsed or they found an older mine shaft used many years ago and they closed it up. Something about red blueberries. Sounds like bad news. Red blueberries. Interesting. Yes, I don't know why they just didn't call them red berries or raspberries. But those weren't the only rumors going around. Minus and Drell uh, go over to the drunken patron that you overheard the story from, while Armos goes to buy uh, some tickets for the tour tomorrow. So, Armos, when you go over to the booth, which is not too far from you, you see people like coming and going. It looks like an information booth. Uh, and you Ooh. see a dwarven man in there. Writing out stuff looks a bit chipper, and he goes, "Ah, oh, howdy doody! How can I help you, big old red one?" Uh, we're I'm looking for the spot to sign up to get a tour of your establishment. Look, no further. You can get your tickets right here. And he points at the desk. Perfect. This is the cave as well. Big ah, yes. caves. Whole tour. You get the whole tour of the minions. Awesome. Great. I need three of these, please. Three tickets, absolutely. And he starts to tear and uh, he goes to hand you tickets. He goes, 45 gold pieces, please. Oh my goodness. Okay. Somewhere off in the it distance, was... drill fist bumps, just knowing <laughs> that he didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> Writing that down on an on drill's tab. <laughs> Anyways, hey, uh, just a quick question. Yeah. Have you, we overheard that there might, we're new to this city and we're just, you know, just been sitting here eating and we overheard that there's some strange things going on in the steps. Strange things in the steps? The foot bath over there, is it, have you heard anything about that? It's kind of weird. In the foot bath? being, yeah. No, nothing is weird going on there. What are you talking about? Who put nonsense in your head? You know, we just overheard something. We were just curious. Oh, what'd you hear? Some big, uh, big monster in the lake? I'm sure you did. It's just fibs and fairy tales. You know, toys, stories tell tales. And, you know, people think that mm. they come in. They want to see big scary monster when, you know, drinking in the night. Sometimes yeah. people just fall over and say there's a giant monster. So you have heard of it. Okay, cool. So where exactly do, do they see these sightings or the tale anyways? Humor me real quick. 
well, where these people fall over into the water and totally not to get dragged away by the lake beasts or whatever you call it is, uh, well, they are staying at the Lucas Reservoir. Uh, okay, okay. Mm, interesting. Awesome. And it's always, uh, middle of the day, right? No, I'm at no time because it's not real. It's false. Oh, it's fibs okay, okay. fairy tales. <laughs> I'm quizzing this guy as I, as I try to try to get as much information out of them as I can. Okay, just curious. And and that was at the, which, what was the place again? Lucas Reservoir. All right. And that's on the, uh, what, north side of town? Ah, uh, yes, just go over the bridge with which you came here, past the clock tower over another bridge, and it will take you right there. Giant water city, you cannot visit. Awesome, cool. Thanks for telling me about that. Appreciate ya. No problem. Hey, excuse me, sir. Could, do you have time to fill out a uh, three-question uh, survey about my performance? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I and I start to take the sheet, and as I'm about to fill it out, I look at him and I'm like, "So, what time does the giant show up?" As I'm filling <laughs> this out. Ah. Uh. Uh, give me a. I mean, I just uh, want to hear the stories. <laughs> just give me uh, real quick. Give me a persuasion check. As like when he when he goes to answer, he notices like it's to see if it's impacting your writing. Give me a. <laughs> give me like a persuasion check or an intimidation check, whatever you prefer. Oh, uh, twenty one. <laughs> he sees that like whenever he goes, no time. You're like going into the strongly disagree column. <laughs> And he goes, Ooh. ah, nighttime, nighttime. Ah, yes, big tentacles come out in the middle of the night, snatching people up. <laughs> oh, God, more tentacles. Did, Fuck, this, <laughs> not there. <laughs> oh, tentacles, you say? <laughs> Weird. We we didn't hear that before. Okay. And I'm not allowed to say this, but this affect me at the commission. What's that? This, this, <laughs> what do you say? This survey, this affect me at the commission. Oh, okay, okay. His name's Viet. It has like a name. He has like a gold name tag on. Oh, gotcha. So this this question says, how well was I satisfied with the service? So uh, what uh, what else could you tell me about this? He eats Taurus. He eats them right up. Yep, yep, yep. People uh, get snatched up by giant. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, that's a five star. Awesome. Oh, thank you. And he takes a and survey and he <laughs> goes to the next person. I still had two more questions. <laughs> oh my God, there were more people online. Oh. <laughs> Immaculate. So we went back to Lurquez Reservoir to get a place to stay and to check out these rumors we're hearing about some crazy monster in the lake. There's a uh, lady there, Mom. Yeah, yeah. Her name was Para, and she kept talking to me all sweet, like kind of like, kind of like you calling me all sweet and stuff and uh, being all nice, you know, but like overly nice. I heard Armo saying something about birds and bees and weird stuff, but <laughs> I think she was just being friendly. That's all I got from that. Anyways, we got a very nice room and then, uh, oh God, something really bad happened. This is a trend. We go, we go up to the room, get our stuff situated in the cart, right? And then Armos and I, after like checking out the room, jumping on the bed, look out the window and see Drell chilling on the docks and like shout he's out. a Goliath yeah. and he's right. easy to find. Well, you guys don't, you, what, when you guys look down and see him, you actually see him. He somehow found a pair of sunglasses and he's drinking <laughs> half of the barrel already and he's just partying by himself. Because he knows he didn't have to pay for the room, even though he doesn't know how much it is yet. 
Is he just like finger gunning at people as they walk by? Yeah, he's like pouring <laughs> drinks for people out of his barrel. Like, hey guys. <laughs> so Jarrell is having the time of his life and he's drinking for free, weekend and Bernie's and all. Like he is having a great time. And you notice that um all the, a lot of time has passed that you're traveling a lot. Like this area is very large, so it does take a good amount of time to get from point A to point B, and you guys have been sightseeing. So the sun has been setting. Um, and it is dusk, and the sun looks beautiful um to to the west as it uh like it makes the lake shine. Minus Minus and Armos, you're looking down in your beautiful suite. It looks it looks like your dream bedroom times two. It is massive. It's beautiful. There are plenty times of beds. Two. Each of Whoa. you times two. <laughs> <laughs> and as you guys are getting situated, you park your car, you're getting all your stuff together, and you guys are drinking in your room, and you notice Drell just having a grand old time. Real quick, Drell, just roll me a d20. There's a 14. That's your initiative. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Drell, real quick, just make me a contested strength check. Shit, someone's gonna try what? to take my beer. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. He's having a little bit too much fun. I only got a 12. Got to do by the book. What do you mean by the book? Don't say that. Drell, you are drinking your ale and you are chilling by the lakeside on this stone platform with your new sunglasses that you cop with your feet up and you see some goliath bodacious babes walk by and you give them one of these as you look over and you tilt the sunglasses down as you plink your two loggers together and you look back over and there is a giant pinnacle that lashes out from the water and slams onto the stone dock that you are resting on and sweeps you up and grapples you and begins to flail you over the lake and the battle was fierce i tell you mom Para came out and she was chanting all these spells and casting them all over the place, trying to save the soldiers. That's right, there were soldiers all over the dock. I was casting fireballs. Armos was casting all kinds of spells. Drell was getting flung all over the water and even up onto the mountain. And that was when, that was when it happened. Drell. <laughs> I already know what you're gonna try to do. Just fucking, <laughs> you can go for it. You don't see it as you are knocked prone and you are on this ledge. So I spend half my movement getting up. The wind blows between your bald head as you look down your sunglasses. I bet I look fucking cool to everyone else right now. <laughs> Being above this thing. I tightened my ninja bandana. I also, because you said it's completely underwater, right? It is underwater. Now I have a visual. Okay. But I know where it was last seen because its arm was hit by a fireball, right? You have a good idea where it is. Uh, if you're going to try to jump down and attack it Zelda style, you're going to have to roll with disadvantage <laughs> as you are guessing Wait, where it is. So you're saying, but because the giant slayer I have, it has disadvantage. But what if I have a weapon in my inventory that I don't have disadvantage underwater? This is more of whether you can see it or not is where I'm coming from. But I'm open to suggestions. What do you got for me? So I pull out Drell's bag of magical tricks. <laughs> Um, and I tuck away my dragon slayer. Oh God. And I pull out my trident. <laughs> oh my God. And I say, it's time to make this calamari a kebab. <laughs> and I drop straight down into the water. 
where the where the squid was last seen. Oh. And I try to pierce it with my. I try to pierce it with my trident. Fucking trident from the random dragon loot table. Right. Jesus. Yeah. Do you straight up swan dive like? Yeah. Oh like a bullet. Oh my god. Oh my god. They say it's time. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm crying. I'm, I'm like crying. How do you have so much water shit? I just don't understand. What's the name of the item again? Trident of what? <gasps> One trident of fish. Dominate beasts. It says dominate Trident beasts. of fish command. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Hold on, give me one second here. Can he dominate the thing and make it swim up to the... <laughs> oh, that's true. But it, no, it needs to just make the attack. This is the greatest thing I've ever heard. Absolutely. He said it's really fucking hurt. And he's raging. <sighs> Roll to hit. <laughs> yes! And if you hit and do damage... Okay. I mean, you're Drell. You might actually fucking kill this thing. <laughs> um, if you... Don't kill it. You can cast Dominate Beast on it, and it can try to dominate the beast. Bring it to the it's surface. Tried it a fish command, and it's a giant fish. And I totally forgot about this <laughs> fucking weapon. <laughs> oh my god! How did I fucking forget this? I made a water counter on it. That's this a thing has a CR to hit. of fourteen. <laughs> by the 16 way, sixteen to hit. <laughs> it's a sixteen to hit. Now I don't have. I don't have the damage on it. Is it the damage of a normal trident? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Plus your strength, plus your rage. And then you get another attack now that you're in the water. Because <laughs> you're a fighter. That's 10 damage. Drell, you slam down from cliffside with your cool quote as you slam into the head of the giant weird squid. Drill finish. Yeah. <laughs> no way, dude. So yeah, so like I said, I tighten the bandana. I make sure the glasses look fucking sick. I swan dive into the air or into the water with like trident first. I pierce the skull of the, the squid. I somehow, you know, I stir it around to then control the squid. I ride it all the way back over to where Minus is, and I just hop off of it and leave it dead on the shore. I knew you could do it, Drell. Predator handshake. <laughs> I told you guys, it's pretty rad. Minus, you gotta write that one down for Drell. He, he gets that one. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Fuck. You! <laughs> Fuck you! This thing has a CR of 14! Uh... It is a... Fucking great. I took the stat block of a juvenile Kraken. <laughs> Odds were ever stacked against us, too. That, like, what just happened was absolutely... Uh... Like, piece by piece, every little move mattered till that last final <laughs> blow, you know? Holy crap. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah, you ride it over. All cool, good, great, <laughs> wonderful, grand. You you make it back at the dock. I don't even care if that's physically possible. You make it back at the dock. Rule of cool. You flourish your trident, and the three of you are out of combat. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what, Joe.
uh, Menace and me got your got your room for you. <laughs> <laughs> we prepaid for that attack. Yeah. I don't know, boys. It sounds like it's gonna be free. <laughs> Ooh, it might have been the greatest thing I've ever witnessed in my entire life. It almost felt like the gods above were angered by how amazing that situation was. It really never should have come to fruition, but alas. The octopus came ashore with Drell. We all cheered, but there were some shady figures about, and Armos went to chase them to see what they were up to. I misty step behind them and listen in to what they say. Poof! You misty step, and you misty step uh, right behind them as they go to turn to walk away. Are you doing something? I just got, you know, I just got to make a check to see if they uh, notice. You know what I'm saying? Pretty, I'm pretty stealthy with my hood. I put my hood up, so I'm in stealth. Oh, shit. Stealth, stealth mode. Stealth mode. Okay, so the two humans are walking to, together and the, the elves, the half elf. The three is of them are together. Yeah, they all shared a look with each other and they started walking away. To your knowledge, they, you, they didn't look behind them when they started walking away. So you are behind them. All right, I want to follow them until they're in a less, or get, give them a little bit of distance, I guess, but like follow them until I get an idea where they're uh, going to. Armos, that was really good back there, Armos. And I go to pat him on the back and he disappears. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> you don't notice that you appeared behind them as they start to walk away. You follow them at a distance. I need you to make me a stealth check. Yeah, stealth. 14. Plus your bandana. Ooh. It's plus five, I think. It is plus five. So, yeah, 19. Yeah, that passes. So, you follow them stealthily. You're blending in the crowd, Assassin's Creed style. You wait for them to turn around the corner as people, more people start to flood. And now they stick out a little bit more. This is the only three people that are not running towards the commotion. And any, they look like they live here. They're dressed up like fishermen. They turn an alley and you follow them. And then two of them break off, and then one goes into a house. The other two walk down, and they both separate to two separate houses. The houses are more like apartments. You could tell this is probably a common living quarter. So this place is built like a vacation spot. So any of the places where the workers who live here year-round wouldn't be out in the main area. All these living quarters would be like you know out of the way so that's why they went into an alley and they went into their own doors but you know you get the vibe that this is a living area a living space they just happen to go their own separate way after you followed them for some time gotcha. you can definitely recall where they are if you need to come back all right and we're still in the same area like we're in the same division we're not in like buzz buzz no guts. no everything's in lurk has um okay yeah, yeah, yeah okay 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 cool I swear, Drell, he was just here, and then poof, he's gone. Maybe they got him. Maybe yeah. they finally got him. Guys, I'm right here. Oh, oh you're okay. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I hug Armos. I squeeze him. There's, there's three people. I don't know. I got a bad feeling about them, and I followed them. And I know where they live, and we may have to ask questions about them later. But let's go figure out what's going on with this, uh, this squid and see if we get some... I don't know. Oh, it's gone now. And I point over to the ashes. <laughs> yeah, this thing is like half dissolved. And people are like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have brought it into the city. Uh. So clearly something was afoot in this town. 
you even called a town? That's a side thought for another day. Anyways, just when we thought we could relax, the mystery continued to unfold. Drell, you had a pretty fun night, a night that you can barely remember. You're riding on cloud nine from your epic kill, slaying a massive lake, lake beast with your cool ass trident. In your celebration, you also noticed another Goliath that was smitten and brazened by your accomplishments. And the two of you flexed into the night and fade to black as you two flexed the night away. But the last thing you do remember, and the reason why you don't remember the night as well as you may have thought, is because the last thing you remember hearing were some slight jazz notes. Oh, fuck, not again. Oh, God. So that ends your night. <laughs> Almost. Seeing as yeah. Drell was taking a solo quest, you decided to retire back to your comp luxurious room, and you and Reginald decide to hit the head. And as your head hits the pillow, you open your eyes, and you see that you have appeared in your pocket realm. The blood ocean waves crash below you. The stone pillar bridge is risen high in the sky. Red thunder cracks in the maroon sky, and the looming blue moon leers over you. As you stare out to the blood sea, at the realization of where you are, your vision blackens as you turn around and a ruby red gauntlet grabs you by the top of your head and in a sudden motion you are flung across the stone platform landing prone sliding to its edge you turn around and towering over you is this massive figure with a presence unlike you've ever felt before it's a tiefling burning red skin and horns of a satyr with a tail that rivals a dragon's in size. The tiefling before you is wearing nothing but a shoulder cloak that hides its gemstone gauntlet. He kneels and lowers himself to you, face to face, and in a distorted voice says, we have an agreement. That understanding is a day honored your side of the place. What understand? What? Bro, I've been doing everything. What understanding? By the way, you know, if you need to get me, like, there's better ways to do it than throw me around. Like, I was just trying to get some sleep. Dude, like, the first time I came here, I was like, whoa, this is cool. Now, I'm like, come on. Like, we gotta get- He grabs you by your horn <laughs> with this ruby red gauntlet, and you get a better look at this gemstone fist. And it's not a piece of armor he's wearing. His giant hand that looks like to be made up of blood shards. When he grabs your horn, he grabs it so tight that you feel it cracking with immense pressure. And he pulls you close. Feed the Aquinas. And squeezes harder. Why feed them? Who, what? Who's them? Dude, I'm giving you some- As you go to speak, your horn is grasped within his palm, and he slams your head into the marble stone, and you awake in your bed, sweating with a heavy weight on your chest. At this moment, it's in the dead of night, and you have suffered three points of exhaustion. Ugh! What? That heavy weight is Reginald sitting on your tummy, and he presents you to you a handful of blood shards. Hey, uh... Must be satiated. He nudges a handful of blood shards to you. What? I'm so 
confused. I love blood shards. Why did we go through all that? Uh, my God, this is this is too much. Can you get off my chest? It, it it's a little much right now. He makes sure you grab the blood shards, mm -hmm. and as you grab them, he then hops off, and you feel your bones ache as you're suffering from this exhaustion. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? How, uh, well, I mean, I'm counting how many blood shards I got, I mean, because... There's about six or seven of them. Ooh, six or seven? Like, I can't count that much? I'm, I'm, I would be specifically, I'd be like, <laughs> one? There are seven blood shards. One for you? One for me. Okay. I need to get that book. I'm looking around. I'm like limply looking for my good old book and uh before i i know it it appears in my hand that's what it does <laughs> <laughs> it does just do that it does just phew, appears in your hand closed as the gem begins to glow as the presence of nearby blood shards all right so i take all the uh i lay the book on the ground and uh i have reginald help me uh Grab the uh, the blood shards, and I have Reginald put put one on there, seeing if it maybe has a different effect. And then uh, after... there isn't an effect, but he doesn't do anything. He waits for you to do it. Ah, uh, yeah, that's what I thought. All right, and then I, I take them all in my hand and just jam them as hard as I can into the the book the begins book. to absorb the blood shards as they always do, where its energy dissolves the shard and it goes absorbs into in the book, and with that. That is where your night ends. Do I still have exhaustion? We'll find out tomorrow morning, bud. Son of a... Oh, man. <laughs> Menace. <clears throat> you... <laughs> you went to Para's room because she gave you directions. And innocently enough, you went there without thinking. Para opens the door, and this Sapphire Dragonborn is wearing a silk nightgown shows off the scales just perfectly and she pulls you into the room and shuts the door behind you and that is where you know it left off we're going to continue inside that room and para as quick as her as quick as she pulls you in she locks the door she looks through the peeping eyeglass to make sure nobody was there and you haven't been followed and she turns around and she goes <sighs> finally we can speak yeah, I got your message, lady. I'm glad you did. Come over here. Come with me. And she walks into the room. And this room is beautiful. As the owner of this tavern, she has the best room with the best view. It is up on the fourth floor with you. And it has like... There is a giant bed in the middle of the room, which should be like the living area. But it looks like she made the living room area her bedroom. And the bedroom part of this uh, suite looks to be closed off like you can kind of see like the door is cracked open this has like a pink light in there uh has like these sweet smelling aromas it's like a little weird but uh she brings you over to the main point of the room and she sits you down at the table and then she pours out a couple of glasses of ale and she slides one to you and then she chugs one back and then she pours another for herself <sighs> thank you for meeting with me here because now we can finally talk about some business. Absolutely. As soon as I saw that note, I knew that business was in order. <laughs> I brought my magnifying glass in my journal. Let's have a chat, shall we? Absolutely. So, 
a friend of ours, a common friend, um, said you might have you might be passing through here. And who, Kemi Joe? I don't I don't think I'm familiar with Kemi Joe. Was it the snake? Uh, snake? Must have been the snake. I don't think it was the snake. I don't know any snakes. No. no? Auric. Mm, never heard of him. Hmm. Oh. Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, was it uh, that bugbear that like we kind of had a thing back like like uh, a few weeks ago and we thought we could be friends, but we kind of like, I hit him in the nuts and then it didn't go so well. Was it that guy? Uh, no, but I feel bad for that bugbear now. She goes, does the name Treus ring a bell to you? Treus. Over from the town of Dilmore? Yeah. And he kind of, Menace kind of gets up and he looks around, he looks out the window. <laughs> He's like, I'm just making sure nobody's listening to us. Yeah, yeah. I might, uh, I might be one of Treus's best friends. What do you want? So, me and Treus go back a ways. And. Ah, uh, me too. About a week and a half. <laughs> uh, safely for time's sake. It's probably been about. Since that whole about a solid two weeks have have passed. Two um, weeks <laughs> since you met him, yeah. So she goes. Oh, he sent he sent me a message and that you might be stopping through with your with your companions and to give any aid and well he said that you're the perfect out of towners to request help from. If should arise. And it just so happens that, well, if Trace vouches for you, then I have to believe him and take his word on it. And I do have a request. A request? What kind of request are we talking about? I'm sure, as you might have known, it has to do with that lake beast that you so heroically beaten. Oh, so do we, like, already complete the quest? No, but it's just one of the many pieces that is pieces of the puzzle uh, that seems to be going on around here. Uh, and she takes another yes. swig, and she goes, I don't know if you are familiar with this part of town, but Lelouch, the owner of this of this land, is uh he's in a bit of trouble. He's being held hostage, ransom, he's being blackmailed by some red dawn cultist members. Oh, oh god. That's not good. On his own farm? Oh my. It seems that in the days uh before about a year ago, when it wasn't so illegal, um, well, Lelouch got wrapped up in selling blood shards on his own. And those who seek blood shards aren't the most savior of people, and he got mixed up with, um, well, some really bad ones. And the, uh, the cultist member he got wrapped up with is actually pretty high up in the ranks. His name is Julius Kendrick. <laughs> believe that he's hiding out on the farm and he's using Lelouch and his renown to make people, big citizens and workers of the farm, overlook some things. He's getting away with some shady dealings and Lelouch is just looking the other way. Lelouch and the pastor of the chapel of the gatherer here are both succumbed to his whims. He threatened that if Lelouch or the pastor try to reveal their knowledge or whereabouts and loca locale, they will inform the queen and the queen of Aramor is not very forgiving to anyone who's dealt with blood shards before or after the ban. And given the state and the importance of this farm and how it feeds and supplies all of South Trillis, well, if something would happen to Lelouch or the farm, 
well, it could affect all of South Trills as we know it. So we need this problem handled eternally. Oh, man. Well, uh, gotta be honest, we're kind of uh, on vacation. As many people are here. And she takes another drink. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I will talk to the guys. I mean, listen, this... I mean, this farm has sent plenty, plenty of vegetables and crops and animals over to my tribe. So uh, I would hate to see anything bad happen here because we'd be, uh, I think, just about as screwed. So <laughs> this question may sound silly, but are the three of you familiar with blood shards? Yeah, uh, why do you ask? May, may, no, yeah, no. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that lake beast that you fought, well... Yes. What It didn't just happen to wander here. Octopuses don't get that big. Not to mention, just magically come alive. After getting a closer look, that is no doubt a deranged... As if necromancy isn't deranged alone... Uh, this was some empowered necromancy and such power has to come from a serious source. There has to be a major source where this power could be harnessed from to summon a beast that strong. And we believe that, well, Julius, given his rank, we believe that the, well, somewhere within the, within the farm, that there's a pylon. So when she says pylon, you start to put some pieces together and it's like, well, what's a pylon? Somewhere within the farm, we don't know where it is yet, but Julius will need to know. He's harnessing the power of a pylon to raise the dead. Oh God, you mean kind of like what happened back in Dilmore? Something like that, but the there was no pylon in Dilmore. Uh, at least that's what Treus has claimed since last we spoke because- Yeah, I've never even heard of the dang word pylon. I mean, I mean, my friends, well, bullies rather. They piled on me all the time back home, but that must Ooh, be sounds rough. Sounds rough. It was a, it was a bad, not the best time. Imagine a pylon being an empowered blood ore vein. Oh, it shares an immense pressure to it. It's massive in size. It's usually hidden away within a mountain. Listen, I don't claim to know about these pylon things. Why don't you get to the point, all right? What do you what do you want us to do? Because we're, we're already kind of trying to figure things out around here. I mean, we just killed the dang thing. We're on our, our own adventure tomorrow. So what what can we do to help? And I'll, I'll talk to the guys and see if I can wrangle them up and uh, maybe, you know, get to business. We need you to take care of Julius Kendrick. So just like find the guy? Uh, well, we need you to take care of him. So like when you say take care of... Bring him to justice. B beat him up? I prefer if he was in the ground. Like a prank, like we bury him so it's just his head? Like dead, slain, like the octopus that you fought before. I get goat flashbacks. Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, I'll talk to the, g the gang and we'll see if we can. Uh, uh, yeah, where, where, uh, <coughs> where, where would I find this uh, jambalaya guy? Jul, Jul, Julius, is that it? Yes, his name is Julius. He's a lector of the Red Dawn Cult, a leader. And we believe he's hiding somewhere within the ranch.
Lodge, and I believe Pastor Lero knows of his location. Now, we don't want to raise suspicion at the end of the week. At the end of every week, there is a mass at the Chapel of the Gatherer where we go and praise uh, our, our goddess for our harvests and bounties, and we thank her for all that she's given us here on the farm. And he holds a service, and I believe if you go to the service, and then after the service, you speak to him. I believe he might he might be willing to help us. All right. Well, I will consider everything you said, and uh, maybe there is a way we can help. What uh, uh, Drell's gonna ask, so I gotta ask. What's in it for us? What's the reward? What would a service like this be worth for you? Uh, it menaces head. It's just like friends, 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 friends. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. We can do for a slain Lector of the Red Dawn cult. And you get the context clue that Lector is a ranking of someone who's higher up, like a captain, uh, so to speak. We'll give you 10,000 gold. (laughs) He spits out all of his ale. He took a little sip and... Oh, sorry. Is that too strong for you? Mm. She, no, gets, I, she gets another I, glass and then pours uh, out some blueberry uh, wine and then passes it over like, to like, oh, no, like, this is for our... You know when you're expecting water, but then you, you, you know, uh, you drink uh, orange juice. And it's, it was that kind of... <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, that's about our normal rate for lectorals, so... Uh, when we uh, when we uh, take care of that lentil, I'm gonna you will uh, be back for that. Yep. All right. You have a good night. And minutes like runs. Wait, wait. Starts running. She uh, what? gets what? up <laughs> and closes the door as you go to open it, and she goes, "There's just two more things." And then she gets like a little close yeah. and gets friendly again. She goes, "Well, here's the thing. There's yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of eyes and ears on the farm." Uh-huh, uh-huh. We don't know who's who. We have okay. some suspicion, but just like Dilmore, sure, there sure, are sure, people sure. on the cover. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to lay low until lay the service. Low. I, yes, am the best <clears throat> at laying <clears throat> low. So Enjoy the town. Enjoy the farm. Be a tourist. She gets closer to you and she goes, be a part. Blend in. If you don't do anything out of the ordinary, take your time, figure out what your next move is. Wait until the service. And she goes, and I apologize again for luring you to my room. However, to keep up appearances, you cannot leave until morning. Uh Uh-huh. You got like like a guest bedroom in here. Well, you can use the couch as the other room is preoccupied. And then you hear a male's voice from the other end. Oh. <laughs> hey, Patro, what's taking so long? Is that a who's out there? And you hear a very familiar voice. Familiar voice. Like, Para goes, you, you recognize it, but you can't put a name to it. And Para goes, oh, one second, one second, Jack. I'll be right in there. And she looks back to you and she goes, well, I'm going to need you to stay here for the night. I I'm fucking gonna need knew you it. to move aside <laughs> and I bust through the door. Uh, Alright, is that what you You yeah. bust through the door and in a pink glowy room on a round bed with a couple of mirrors, you see Jack, as you know him, Bosinki, 
Oh. Like handcuffed. He goes, whoa, 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 what is this? I didn't know you, you were bringing a cow. I, what did I, do? I said, you. I have one rule. He's in like just his bloomers. And he's like, I had one rule, no cow. This guy doesn't like my kind. And I'm not even a cow. I'm a bull. <laughs> I'm a bull, I'm, I'm, like a, a, a check, bull check, check, person. Check. I don't know how to explain it. Check, check, check. Listen, listen, listen. He's just a friend. He's just a friend. All right. He's just spending the night because his room, so I'm, we have to take care of his room. Okay, so he's just gonna he's just gonna hang out in the other room. He's not gonna get in between us. And she closes the door and she slowly pushes you out. And she goes, I'm "Watching you, Jack. I'm watching you. I'm do the little like yeah, I'm watching like, you too. He's the doing like the, he's doing the eye thing too with his feet, like he's trying to look at Ew. you. Like he's doing. Oh, it I hate this. With his toes. Oh, I hate this. I'm not gonna get to yeah, sleep watch, anytime soon. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I ain't getting to sleep anytime soon either. Trust me, but I trust me, but." And he raises his eyebrows at you. What, why? You guys playing like dragon chess? <laughs> <laughs> you. She closes the door. Make it a little loud, but we need Julius taken care of. And I. we believe that he has access to one of these pylons. And I believe that pylon has a connection between the mutated beasts that we've been seeing around here. Like the octopus, the lake beast that you just fought. Talk to your companions. Come to a decision. My offer stands. Enjoy anything you see in my room help yourself to the mini bar everything is free she walks yes. away she goes in the room <laughs> and those two played one of the most intense games of dragon chess i have ever heard it almost sounded like they were fighting all through the night i wanted to confront jack again but he was gone in the morning we had more important things to attend to so jack bull stinky will have to wait we used the minyard tour as a diversion and snuck into the abandoned part of the mine. I drank a potion that made me super buff and busted through the door. Joe was pretty proud, that or super jealous. Of course, another blood ore vein was here. And one firewall later. Yes, so you are now in this stairway room and you pull down the wall of flames. And before you is a very large blood ore vein. As you walk closer to it, Reginald is, of course, staring wide-eyed, and you go to reach for your tome, and it is shining, reacting. Armos, no! <laughs> <laughs> I drop my swarm and try and fall down onto Armos. <laughs> from above. <laughs> is that so you want to try to stop him from... Yeah. Absolutely. Go ahead and make me... Well, if you're just Acrobatics. dropping down... Yeah, make me an acrobatics check, uh, and that'll be your roll to hit. Oh, sick. Oh, I get to re-roll that once. Wow. Wow, I got a six. <laughs> no, stop! As you just fucking fall to the floor next to him. And almost like steps over you, like he steps on your stomach to walk over you, and it lets out a little squeak. Hold on. As my, you just see my hand like reaching up. No. Armos, you are face to face with this and you feel it reacting. Drill, get him. Now, as you go to absorb, you put your hands up and you have a moment of pause as you're feeling this overwhelming sense of power from it. You have absorbed a number of blood shards, uh, an ore vein from the town of Dilmore, and one of these giant shards you know that this shard reminds you of the one that the dragon was protecting so you know this is a different mm -hmm. breed of shard what are you doing 
I'm smacking it. Oh. <laughs> I'll see you guys on the other side. And I hit it. I, oh, no. <laughs> this blinding red light forces Menace and Trell to cover his eyes. I have my sunglasses on. It forces Menace to cover his eyes as Trell just kind of looks at it very cool. And as the light fades, Armos, you drop to the floor, unconscious. Mm. Reginald goes, falls back. Stiff as a board. You awaken again in your pocket dimension. As the blood ocean begins to crash around you, you are once again upon this pedestal bridge raised before you a good part of the way you see the silhouette of this dark castle in the distance that this bridge is heading towards you see the whale going hey Armos <laughs> as he swims away and above you is this bluish tealish moon and you see the well and you have your tome in front of you and it looks filled with energy bursting as you feel the well calling to you, you are alone. Reginald is not there. How do I, f do I feel normal? Do I feel like myself? Do I feel like I'm exhausted? You don't feel exhausted. You feel great. And you ah. notice that you have this, you have your form about you where your horns are antlered out like a beautiful majestic stag as they burn fiery yeah. within you. Awesome. Love fire. I missed it. As the well calls to you, the tome reacts to it, and all the energy from the tome etherealizes out and into the well, and then a bluish, tealish beam shoots towards the moon as the energy becomes drained, and you hear the souls within the tome softly scream and echo as they are being absorbed. Oh, God. Well, that didn't happen last time. Uh -oh. This actually happened once before. The last time. I don't remember the you... screams. <laughs> uh, I feels a little less great about it. But he's feeling great at the same time. <laughs> Physically. <laughs> As the souls go into this moon, you feel rumbling of the cobblestone beneath you as the bridge begins to extend. Fields closer towards the dark silhouette as the dark silhouette begins to illuminate and you start to see more of this realm around you. And just like before, the last time you gave souls, you see this, the sky, the blood red sky turns into space and you start to see all these shattered stars. And you even see as if a planet is faded out, the opacity was turned down to just 50% of this destroyed world where you see almost like the center of it is hollowed out way in the distance beyond the castle. Can I get to the castle yet, or is the bridge still not up there? No, it's the bridge is not near it, but you can see that it is a better part of halfway there. You snap out. You are still unconscious for but a moment, and menace and drill as your sight comes to, you see that there is this giant hole uh, for you, and the cool wind blows from beneath it as you feel this hole goes very deep beyond the hole is a staircase a wide staircase and we walked right up that staircase with no fear although 
it was pretty boring, I will say. We, we were walking there for like ages. I see, it was like some magic kind of staircase. I don't know. It felt like hours. Anyways, we get to the top and we're, we're at the top of the mountain and there's this crazy, majestic church. And what do you do when you see a majestic church? You enter it. There are no pews. It is a grand open room, dusty and dirty in fairly good condition for what you for a uh, a structure this large and in this uh, giant room there is one person in the center of the room by the altar sitting down on her knees with her head down it looks like she's praying or meditating hey drill drill there's someone in there Okay, what do they look like? Uh, 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 I think the female variety. She's like praying or something. Should we, uh, go inside? Yeah, sure, why not? All right. Stealthy, though. Everybody, you know, quiet. Is, so we haven't heard anything else, right? No, it is very quiet. It's very quiet. All right. So we sneak, try and sneak kind of in to see what's going on without her noticing. Go ahead and make me another stealth roll as you sneak into the church. It's a 26 for Minus. It's a 9. Drell, you walk in and you try to be sneaky and you immediately stop as you look around at the structure and you instantly feel a connection with this place as if you belong. As you look around, you're seeing these murals and art within the mosaic paintings and you can see that there's a story being formed and you just feel related to it on in some level and you stop and your footsteps are now echoing through the halls as the person who was in the center of the room quickly turns around reaches for two swords by her side strikes a pose she has a mask covering the side of her face that looks that of a demonic wolf. She yells over and be like, who is there? Guys, I think she sees us. Oh my God, it's the Phantom of the Opera. Menace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think this ends good for us. I was gonna say. No. Uh, Armos is I'm already a- doing finger motions, getting ready to cast Fireball. <laughs> what, you doing the Naruto hand signs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm about to true strike and send <laughs> send one here in a second. Uh, we don't we don't mean you any harm. Uh, we we uh <clears throat> we're lost, travelers. We got lost in the woods. Yeah, we lost our horse. Oh, that's true. We did lose our horse, and we're looking for our horse. <laughs> and see, the key is you can't lie to him. You know. She, you look at her, and she is fact an elf and she draws one of her swords and she what she's wearing is traditional training garb of like someone who would live in a monastery she goes speak truth or be slain where you stand trespassers are not welcome speak truth what's what's the truth (laughs) well we are looking for a horse Uh, yeah I did lose my horse that is actually true that is, that's not false. Well, don't say actually true. Now she knows we were lying about the first thing. What was the first thing? <laughs> that 
we were lost. We're not lost. Uh, okay. Technically, we, we are. We don't know where we are. Actually, yeah, we are lost. Where are we? <laughs> she, she looks at you puzzled as you only see one eye through the mask of this demonic wolf. Drell, you notice the craftsmanship of the wolf, and this is something that your people would indeed make. She goes, how did you get here? The stairs. Yeah, those stairs in the tree. Stairs in the tree. Yeah. She sheets her sword. How, how did you get here? <laughs> she sheets the sword. But holds it at the ready at her side. Stands up. Straight. I am the protector of this cathedral. And she was super freaking cool i mean talk about her name dope as hell all kinds of cool stories and and how she ch anyways i'm getting ahead of myself we learned about this crazy wizard dude right who made a similar sparkly pure gem like the one armos got way back in that snake cave and then we also learned that that little like iron flask thing that armos has is is basically like a, a monster capture thing, and maybe we can release it. There are lots of really cool things she was able to share with us, but the, well, the most important thing was about Drell's parents. Uh, hey, Alara, so quick question. Um, yeah, I know my dad and everything on this one, and I point to his, they're the paintings, right? So I point to the painting, mm -hmm. and I know Scoreus, but who is that guy and i point to the one of the wizard i believe that's odin a friend that made these gems oh shit okay cool 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 you hear a jar crash in the background as menace was like looking at something that oh it's not, uh, that was nothing and you see him <laughs> sweeping it behind like a curtain what are we talking about <laughs> he comes back to the group drell as you're looking at the murals um you feel like you're discovering a side of your father that you never know because you just, you met him when you were really young, but you don't have any actual memories of him because he died when you were still still small, when you were like two or three years old. Do, do these paintings of him look like how I remember him or does he look older or younger? In this this is definitely him when he was younger. And these okay. murals, they're painted of him in his prime. And he looks the same in all of the murals, even though all the murals depict a different time period. Most of them are just Scoraeus looking like he's killed a lot of cool monsters. Yeah, this guy looks cool. This guy fucks. So as you're looking, you're seeing him pop up more and more, like maybe just in the background of like all these giant beasts that Scoraeus has killed. And then you see another photo kind of tucked away behind the altar to the side where it's not the main focus. And on that mural, you don't see Scoreus. You see two Goliaths. Your father and a woman Goliath with similar tattoos. And there's a huge frost wolf slain behind it. You notice that the art of your father seems more fading than the woman Goliath. You can guess that this woman in this photo, in this mural, is your mother. <laughs> the wolf behind them looks similar to the one that you had in your dream a long time ago when you pulled the fur. Does the wolf look dead? The wolf looks slain, yes. Oh, hell yeah. 
my mom was badass. <laughs> Holy shit. See, I knew I was badass because, like, if they're both badass, then that automatically makes me badass by, like, association and genetics. And then I do, like, like a little glute flex to myself where no one can really see it. <laughs> Alara, do you, do you know who this lady is in this photo? Uh, or this painting? <laughs> not a photo. Well, this mural is a story of the slain wolf god. Mm. Hmm. So as a young Goliath child, you, were, you know the wolf god, Frostoon. He's the god beast of wolves. Frostoon would only appear in the realm when the moon was its closest point to Humbrea and when the northern lights filled the sky. Frostoon would hunt with a pack of large direwolves. Alara continues with her story and she goes, Well, it's told that Brax had slain Frostoon. From what Scarius told me, Brax was his hunting partner. As the years went on, Brax fell ill. He was dying, but he didn't want to go out sick. With his remaining days, Brax went out to find the biggest monster he could find with his wife, Blossom. And as Alara speaks, you begin to see on her face that she's putting two and two together and goes, your mother. She went with him and in Brax's last moments, he took down Frostoon and allegedly defeated a god. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> Whether this is true or not, well, maybe Scoraeus just wanted to give his friend praise and remember him in a way that he would want to be remembered. You know that your last memory of your parents is when they left when you were very young. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty fucking badass, so it only makes sense that he slayed a god. So, like, is there anything left behind by Blossom or Drax here, or is it just this photo? No, there's no items left behind. No, no, like, tokens of their memory or anything like that. No, just a bunch of old papers that screw oh, fucking behind. lame, and I just go to walk outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we might want to start heading back. I, I take it you're just, you kind of live here, right? Like, if we ever want to come back, you'll kind of be here. The son of Brax is always welcome within these walls. Well, I sure hope we're welcome back. We left the church and our new friend behind and went back to Lelouch's farm to get some things together before pursuing Julius Kendrick back at the Chapel of the Gatherer. Some people start to hand out baskets and people are now digging in their pockets and throwing some gold into the baskets as donation and a basket comes your way. Don't even, don't Armos. even. I literally Armos. am on the inside and I give it right to Drell. <laughs> I push it back to him. I like don't take it. I like just like I'm holding. It. Come on. Menace has no idea what's going on. He's like, oh, I'll take one. He takes a piece of gold. <laughs> Thank you. And he passes it to the next person. <laughs> I, I smack, I smack <laughs> Menace's hand. I'm like, God. What? Why did I sit next to you guys? Almost <laughs> help. Come on, man. I, I've left my wallet in the room. Because you don't have a shirt on. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Come on. Just you're making us look bad. Just toss the gold in. Sweetie, give them, a, give them an electrum. Come on, you've been doing so well this year. Give them an electrum. Why aren't you giving them a platinum? You know, they give us food year-round at crazy good prices. What we could do is at least bless <laughs> Shantaya, the goddess of agriculture. You're not going to give them a platinum? God. Look at Armos this. Look at this right red fellow. No. He's about to give no. them so much gold, honey. Come so on, do something. Much. Do something. Yeah, come on, Armos. I, uh, do not. <laughs> And give the past the bull past drill over to Menace. And then smack his hand when he's trying to take money. 
Oh, why do you keep doing that? <laughs> Almost as you pass the donation basket, give me a perception check with advantage. Uh, perception. Whew, thank God. 18. You notice that on the other side of the church, one of the people that are handing out the baskets and helping it go around to make sure everyone donates or nothing is stolen is one of the people you followed <gasps> when you slain the octopus, one of the suspicious people. What does he look like? What, what shirt is he wearing? He's just wearing white religious garb, the shorter one of the three. You catch his eye. We, we make eye contact or I just notice him? Make eye contact. Okay, I, I act as casual as possible, and then when I see him look away, I elbow Drell, and I'm like, No, I told you I forgot my wallet. No, shut, we're past that. What? What? Did you see that short guy over there? Can you pass the donation basket, please? I'm trying to, you know, get on Shantai's Gold Graces, please. And she's trying to pull the basket. Yeah, Menace is just holding it in his lap. <laughs> Menace, Menace, Menace <laughs> what? put a piece of gold in it and pass it on. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah sorry. <clears throat> I thought I thought this was like, take a gold, mm -hmm. put in a... And you see there's like a drawing in there. He took a gold and put a drawing in, in the basket. <clears throat> sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> Takes the drawing out. Keep the drawing in there. Just, just what? Put, oh, put, no, keep it keep in there. Keep the drawing in there. Just just put gold in with it and pass it on. Yeah, okay, fine. I drove Melora. I hope they like that. He passes it to the old lady. <laughs> Why would you draw a photo of a different god in a church? I don't know. They, you know what? Fuck it. Just keep it in it. Wait, whose church is this? <laughs> Menace is not good at religion. Oh, Menace, they're going to love that. That's perfect. That's perfect. I don't actually even remember. <laughs> it's fine. Just pass it on. Pass it on. Perfect, Menace. But I turn to Armos and I go, okay, what were you saying? All right. So I get Menace now that the attention is off of him, kind of. I'm like, hey, all right, don't look now. But you see the short guy over there. And I kind of nod in that direction. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. that's one of the three guys that uh, I followed that one uh, the night after the squid incident. Uh, the night you disappeared. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The night yeah. Minus disappeared too. We need to. I also did that. Yeah. So did you. I, I didn't see you the rest of the I night. I slept in my own bed. It's okay. All right. <laughs> Anyways, those guys were getting off topic. Okay. All right. So. We need to keep an eye on that guy. He knows I'm here. He knows I know, but if you see him start running. So as the baskets get passed back and you hand it, uh, you hand them off, the helpers collect all the gold and Pastor Lero begins to do his closing uh, ceremony as he lights some candles and the helpers reconvene in the middle and then go through two wooden doors behind the altar as they're going to a back room and just Pastor Lero is out and he goes, thank you everyone for your patronage and coming today as we praise our goddess Shantae. Please walk in peace, and I am here to talk with anybody who wishes to have a conversation or would like to learn some more about our ways. Please meet one another, talk, get to know each other, thank each other, and to those who head back home, have safe travels. And to you as well, Father. After the ceremony, we went up and talked to the guy, and there was a bit of a misunderstanding, miscommunication. I'm not sure whose fault that was, but eventually he led us back to his office through a secret staircase in a bookshelf where we found the cult members at last. We fought them for a while. Things are going pretty well. And then he appeared. The door that the cult member was banging on opens. And out steps a menacing shadowy figure dark maroon robes wrapped around his robes is a black 
thick leather belt holstered with vials and trinkets ready to be used. The figure's head lifts and a mask is revealed, covering the top half of his face. The mask looks to be carved from a skull in the shape of a demon. Red eyes peer through its sockets as he raises his arms from under his cloak, revealing a deadly mace gleaming with red energy. The bright light reveals his blue skin. And in a deep voice, I was wondering when you would show up. And he points his mace at Armos. Armos, do you know this guy or what? Uh, his free hand raises above him as red energy starts to swirl beneath, uh, around his fingers. The lifeless bodies around Minas begin to shake as groans and moans begin to come from the bodies as they are risen from the dead. Wait, is he casting a spell right now? He is. Can I counterspell him? <gasps> do you have counterspell? I do have counterspell. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is news, but go ahead. Cast. What level are you casting counterspell out as you're using your reaction? When you're using a spell slot of level four, so I can go up to four. So fourth level counterspell. So almost you cast counterspell. I'm gonna need you to roll a charisma check against a DC 16. It's a 22. Easy. As these undead creatures raise, they drop. And you hear, oh, I can't believe you did it. You hear the crashing of bones beyond the steel door and you see this armored shadowy figure that you know is now Julius look at the door and then look back at you almost and he goes perhaps you're not as worthless as I perceived you to be and he grips his mace a really cool mace at that I wanted that thing and I was gonna have it oh 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 did I did I mention there was a bone snake yeah yeah we fought this giant skeleton snake that was a whole mess with this weird like acid circle thing I don't think that was a snake though that might have been Julius but after a strenuous Tasking battle where we almost died. I got the mace out of Julius's hands. Minus, go check around the corner for me. See what's over there. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> uh, I go right to the corner and pick up his mace. That would be an action. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to make me a religious check as you go to reach for this mace. Okay. Of a DC 12. Like, re-roll nat ones. I got a lot of those, but I still got a six. <laughs> As you go to pick up this mace that's glowing bright red on the floor, you go to pick it up. You feel that the mace is rejecting you as it begins to burn your hand. You take four points of necrotic damage. However, the necrotic damage feels unholy. Mm, okay. As it burns your hand. And Minus um, and Sid even feels the pain as you go to grasp its handle and you drop it on the floor. I can't just hold on to it and like keep taking damage if I want? It's the reason why you drop it is because it's rejecting you. I'll tell you what though, if you want to make me a constitution check to see if you want to keep taking the damage, yeah, I wanna, I'll let you do like, that. Yeah, I want to like try and keep holding it, you know? Okay, Even yeah. though it's damaging me. Yeah, that sounds cool. All right, make me a constitution saving throw of a DC 12. That was a nat 20. You're holding on to it tight oh, as man. it's burning your hand and you see the glow. <laughs> <laughs> the bright red begins to like, uh, 
glows. Radiates. <laughs> Thank you. That, I don't know why. <laughs> the word I've been saying this entire episode. The bright red radiates darker, uh, deeper red into a lighter red as you're holding it. It's reacting to you. You feel like it doesn't want to be held by you as you take this unholy damage. Then I'm just going to use my bonus action to make this even cooler, I guess. I use my bonus action to Writhing Tide to make me fly in the air. So as you see Minus pick up this mace, you see him like struggling like, ah, 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 and all the SIDs start buzzing around him with necrotic energy. And we're all, now I'm floating in the air like yelling. Ah, as all the SIDs are like, just imagine him like spinning in place. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> We're gonna move to initiative eight, which is Drell. I'm gonna be like, Minus, I'm coming. Don't worry, buddy. And I'm gonna run around the corner to where Minus and Julius are. And then what do I, so I just kind of see what's happening once I turn the corner. Yeah, you see that Julius is standing there holding a wound as he's murmuring some words to himself. You're you're fucking crazy too. You're talking to yourself, and before he can even say anything back to me, I just try to fucking uppercut him with my axe. Oh yeah, roll a hit. Oh, attacking recklessly, by the way. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, first one is a twenty-three to hit. That's gonna hit. Okay, sick, sick, not sick on the damage rolls though. Uh, okay, well that's ten damage. Uh, so then I'm gonna use my second attack. This is a dirty twenty hit. It does. Okay, all uh, right. Innocent Armos, I have to apologize to you because I've been forgetting to add my plus two rage damage. <laughs> uh, that's so that's 14 damage total on the second attack. And then since it hits, I'm also going to burn a superiority die uh, to trip him and knock him prone. And that's a DC 15 uh, strength saving throw. Ooh. That's a great idea. Minus continues to yell. Ah! He got a six. He gets knocked prone. Does he get knocked back? On a failure, you will knock the target prone. So not back, just okay. prone. Yeah, so Julius gets knocked prone. And that's also another five damage. Julius gets tripped up. We're going to go to initiative 17, which is Julius's turn. As the tattoos on his body begin to light up. As he's speaking words of a spell, you can see that as his tattoos light up, that he's using his tattoos in place of his spell book. That's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> he spits out blood, he's like, <clears throat> coughs. I may not be able to defeat you this time, but surely the shadow will. Excuse me, what? He waves his hand in front of you, and in the space occupying both of you, he casts Dimension Door, and he crawls through it. Closes. He is nowhere to be found. The silence is eerie feeling. As mentioned before, when you guys uh, felt sick at the sudden environment shift, you feel like your vision is not blurry, but you definitely cannot see as well as you did before. Everything looks dull, and you don't think it's because of the low light in the room. But the color changes are also drastic, as like the walls were white cobblestone, they are now darkish gray. Everything that had like a darkish tint to it just seems that much more uh, deep in color. And the torches that are lit within the dungeon uh, on the dungeon walls are not orange and red and yellow like they normally would be. They're low lit and green. They don't give off much light at all. Are we out of combat right now? 
three of you are out of combat. And clearly we're not in Kansas anymore. That's what Drell said. I don't know what K Kansas is or Toto, but we are not there anymore. Everything's green and dull and weird, you know? I mean, well, that wasn't going to deter us from, you know, collecting our loot. In this crate of potions are four mana potions, seven greater health potions, and nine superior health potions. Oh, wow. Did it. All right, Armos, you can take two of these. <laughs> Once you take up the crate of potions, you see the cloak that it was like kind of sitting on moves again. Oh man, you know, since I, I lost my armor and I'm pretty cold, I'm just gonna grab this cloak real quick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and Jell no, just do like do awkwardly <laughs> grabs the cloak. <laughs> Uh, as you grab the cloak, it begins to fight with you, and you start moving to the left and moving to the right as it begins to fly and try to escape your grasp as you're trying to hold on to it. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't and feel the gust of wind come in. Someone shut the door. You're on the bed. Now you're on the floor. Now you're down the hall, and it drags you into the main room. Give me a strength check as you try to wrestle. A uh, saving throw or a check? Uh, saving throw. Wait, wait, this, you know what happens as we're like... Comparing the potions side by side, we're like hunched over the chest in the background. You see Trell like ba bang, ba bang. Oh wait, you can take two of these, ba bang, and I'll have this one, ba bang, bang. Guys, help! You get you get dragged into the main room, and you finally pull this cloak down, and it stops resisting. It is an empty cloak. Can I put it on? Absolutely. Sick. You put on this cloak. I, I hesitantly put it on, though, because it just fucking tossed me all over the place. <laughs> you put on this cloak, and it begins to flutter and fluff about, and it stretches out, and then it settles. But as it settles, it begins to wave a little bit, and then it accepts you, and you feel it accepting you. You feel connection with this cloak, as you now have the cloak of billowing. <gasps> as a free action, you can make the cloak billow. Oh, my God. This is so sick. This is gonna look so good with my sunglasses. <laughs> and my two bandanas. <laughs> oh, oh, that was so funny. All of that. Uh, everything with Drell and Armos, you know. It seems like such a fun time, and for that moment at least, I, I thought things were gonna be normal. You know, I thought nothing could go wrong. I... Oh, I was very wrong. As the three of you head for the staircase that you came in from, heading back upstairs to the Chapel of the Gatherer, you approach the staircase, and Reginald begins to shake and sneeze on your shoulder, almost. He's like, uh, was, it's so cold. I don't like this place. The three of you head towards the stairs and leave the cellar. The cobblestone stairs are dirty, covered in moss, and the stone is cracked. You travel up and you don't find yourself in a secret room in the church, but rather in a small shack the size of a shed. You open the loose wooden door and the moonlight hits your eyes as you are met with a cold breeze. The sky is painted black with heavy gray clouds. The moon is larger and closer than you've ever seen it before, but glows dimly barely illuminating your surroundings. The lush green farmland that you were used to is now empty and barren. The trees look twisted and distorted. The green grass is withered and sparse. 
Large rocks are protruding out of the ground like tombstones wrapped in vines. No signs of life can be seen where you stand. No birds, the cold wind goes quiet, and the bleak moon somehow is blinding to you. The silence is deafening. The haunting sound of silence like you've never felt before is unsettling. Gentlemen, welcome to Shadowfell. Where we are now. That's right. I think we're in Shadowfell. That's what Armo says. I don't know if I'm going crazy, Mom. I don't know if I'm seeing the things around me the way they're meant to be seen. Armos. Oh, Armos might be after me. Drell. I think Drell's trying to eat Reginald. Yeah, he must be. And I think Sid. Oh, has Sid been a puppet this whole time that I've been talking to and making speak because I need another friend around me? I feel like I should be talking to someone else right now. I can hear it. I should be thanking people. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Patreon shoutouts where we're going to do something a little different this year rather than going on our normal shoutouts. That's right, because this episode is the last episode of 2022 before DD44 goes on their holiday break, returning to the adventure January 10th. And rather than going through the whole song and dance of our normal Patreon routine, we will actually want to thank each and every one of you for supporting us through our last year of adventure. That's right. You don't even have to be subscribed to the big boy tiers. So we're going to give you a free shout out right now if you're in the Patreon at all. Starting with me. <laughs> oh, we'll just go right into it. Yeah, we're, we're going to shout out everybody who is on the Patreon right now for the 2022 year. All right, we're going to give out your name, your address, your phone number, and a list of things you're allergic to. That's why we asked. And their social security numbers. Up. That's right. We have social all of that. Security. Yeah. We're doxing this holiday season. And lastly, we're coming over for dinner. All of you. <laughs> I like ham with a little glaze with a little pineapple. Green bean casserole, please. All right. <laughs> But you heard me. That's right. I'm first. I support my own Patreon. That's because I'm a good and loyal D&D 404 member. Thank you, Dan. You deserve the best. You deserve a great holiday and all the presents in the world. Thanks for supporting us. You rock. Love that guy. While you're patting yourself on the back, I'm going to go ahead and congratulate <laughs> Made You Look Gaming. That's right. A good friend of D&D 404 and a fellow Twitch streamer. That's right. She just got a shout out. Check out Made You Look Gaming on Twitch. She plays a lot of Rainbow Six Siege. That's what I know about her. And she's just a really nice person all around. And uh, thank you for supporting the channel. And next is my wonderful roommate and previous bard. That's right. We couldn't have started this podcast without you Forks X stuff. That's right. Uh, we'll keep your name out of it because I don't think you want your name in here. Again, no doxing. Oh, wait, maybe that is our plan. But thank you for everything you've done for the podcast, man. We love you. Keep on keeping on. And next we got... The OG, the number one, the thick and thin brother, Manta Ray, who was, I believe, our first Patreon supporter. And not only, first of all, we got to give Manta Ray a little extra shout out here because not only is he our first Patreon supporter, he's been a longtime supporter and dear, dear friend to not only moi, but Dan as well and the other members of DD 404. Manta Ray is a true, true companion of our party. 
Also, he drives a lot of sick cars. He does drive a lot of sick cars. But uh, thank you so much, Ray. Uh, hopefully, I'll see you next year at a Bears game. Da Bears. Da Bears. <laughs> Vulcan TV. That was another early, uh, early adventure, wasn't it? Vulcan, we can't thank you enough. Uh, we really hope you've been enjoying the behind the scenes stuff with the campfire tier. You've been with us since May 24th, 2022. Uh, in case you didn't know that, now you know. I just realized that that was on the side, and that is really fun information for me to know. Keep it going. We love having you. Talk to us more on the Discord. I miss talking. <laughs> Next, we have Alex Dredd. Great guy. He's been with us since March 24th, really early on this year. Great guy. Great guy. We love having you, man. Alex Judge Dredd, in case you haven't recognized him yet. That's how we refer to him. Thank you so much, bud. Next up, we have the man, the only man with the glass. Am I allowed to say his name? Is he okay with that? Do you, should I not say his name? He specifically requested man with glass. Okay, man with but glass. We're doxing this holiday season. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot we're doxing. We're doxing. <laughs> All right. So his uh, email address is this. Uh, his uh, uh, mailing address. <laughs> man with glass. We can't thank you enough. Uh, I believe man with glass was our first Humbrea's Heroes Patreon subscriber. So you like really started, started the trend and uh, made it a ton of fun creating these weird, wacky adventures at the end of our podcasts. Uh, I believe you're the first, and you won't be the last. So thank you so much, man. Next, we got Honeycream, a.k.a. Chuckle Darts. That's Ooh. right. I'm shouting her out because she is uh, our first artist that we've had for d d who has put um, from thought to page our character designs and done them a fantastic way she does great art please check her out charcoal darts we actually put her link i believe in every episode that we post because she just did such amazing work we support her she supports us uh really really great artist check her out and thank you so much for supporting our adventure and yours too thank you so much now we got another newbie uh reigns 32 that's what you wrote as your name so that's what we're gonna call you fun fact whatever you write as your name in patreon that's uh what we use for your shout outs so if you didn't know that now you know we're really glad to have you we just saw you join the discord it's been awesome watching you talk in there and get to know us uh speak more you know let us know like hey this pebble walker is my favorite uh, probably the best of the podcast is Dan, the actor, you know, he's just awesome all over. Okay. I'm, am I getting ahead of myself? Tony, Tony, take the next one. Take the next one. Next is Ulrich Shield Dust. The first, I believe the first Sigi College alumni that we've had and first NPC that we've introduced on the adventure. So Ulrich Shield Dust, thank you so much. And not only is he one of our biggest supporters, he's been supporting for a whole year, okay? And he's been supporting us way longer before that while we were still baby Twitch streamers. That's right. He has been here for quite a long time. Thank you, man. We appreciate you. Sorry, I was eating something. Artemis is up next. <laughs> Another one of our Sigit College alumni. Artemis. Breaking those Nico Nico kneecaps. How dare you? Been doing it for a while. That's Artemis, right? Artemis does, does that? That is Artemis, yep. That's Artemis. Nico Nico kneecaps. And the reason Artemis. why... <laughs> we did that is because that's what his Discord tag handle was. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't really know this guy. What do I, but he's intimidating. He's got anime profile pictures. <laughs> and I'm quite scared of people who have anime profile pictures because they're going to break my damn kneecaps. So that's why he did that. And I just want to add one more note. I'm sorry for commandeering this one. If you want to take the next one, you can. Artemis, 
your NPC is well within the works, my friend. And like I said, <laughs> and like I said, we do not rush NPCs when you sub to the tier because they are just like a good wizard. They arrive precisely when they need to be. I promise you, he's there, baby. Okay, and next one is Alara Dawnstar. That is correct. Our one of our most recent NPCs in the adventure, Alara Dawnstar. Thank you so much for uh, joining the Patreon, supporting us. Um, this is somebody who has found the show, and then when they subscribed to us, we asked them what they wanted for an NPC background, and I got to say the the information they provided with their NPC, Alara, that you may or may not know now, was so beautifully written and well thought that it was like inspiring to put in the adventure. And I want to say thank you for that because a lot of people may have like joke characters or just like want an NPC in there and you put like some serious thought and it came from a special place. At least that's how I, how it landed with me. And that's a cool name, right? <laughs> that's a cool name. I love that name. <laughs> and next up is Julius Kendrick. <laughs> I'm never giving you your mace back, Julius. You can try. You can bribe me as much as you want. Not any amount of money will get you your mace back. I'll find you. That's right. I'll find you. And I will catch you and bring you back for my reward. <laughs> I, I just thought we were going to do so well. We'd get him an hour in the fucking under. <sighs> it's fine. It's fine. We love you, man. So much. Just stop trying to beat us up with bone snakes, okay? Okay. Finish it off, Tony. Last, we have a newbie. Rubbit. C-R-S-P. I don't know what those acronym is, but Rubbit. Rubbit Chris. So for becoming a Sigil College alumni. I don't believe you've... Uh, by the time we recorded this, have talked in our Discord. Or maybe you're just a silent supporter, just enjoying the adventure, but thank you. And if you want to reach out to us, please do. Please do, brother. All right? We'd love to meet you and hear your voice in the Discord. All right, now welcome to the part where we just try and pronounce your name for the rest of the podcast. I think it's <laughs> Robit Crisp. Wait, wait. We got one more, one more shout-out. We do? We have to do. What? Okay. And this is not for specific to the Patreon supporters, per se. I want to thank everybody who has supported us off podcast. I'm talking about loved ones, baby. Okay. First thing I want to, I want to shout out my baby, Melody. Love you. If you're listening to this when you're way older and listen to your awesome ass dad on cool ass adventures, I love you. Thanks for listening. And I also want to thank the lady DM for allowing me to set time aside while she's dealing with our very, 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 very lovely yet fussy toddler. Yep. That's right. She is. Ooh, she drop kicks us in the middle of the night. I'm not exaggerating one bit, but she, you know, she is tired throughout the day. She lets us, she lets me, uh, and allows me to have time to record our adventure. And I can't say how much of a huge support that is. So I'm gonna thank her. And you, the adventurer. <laughs> <laughs> and you, the adventurer. Uh, I can hear Alec. After this is released, listening and then coming back to us being like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. No, you just got to shout out your whole family in the podcast, but we didn't get a, a notification or anything. No, that's cool. That's cool. Cool, cool. Yeah. No, no, that's great, Tony. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank everybody else. Dan, you want to, you have anybody you want to shout out? Or? Yeah, Alex's family. Um, Alex. <laughs> 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 Since he's not here to do it and you just commandeer this for family. your baby, I guess. 
Oh, oh wow, a baby. Oh, how cool. You got a baby. Alright, alright. No, she's great. Molly's awesome. <laughs> no, no. After you're done insulting my one-year-old, <laughs> you go ahead and stand on that soapbox, Dad. Uh, you go ahead and preach on that soapbox. Um, finish up with Alex's family. I would love to know how much information you know about Alex's family. Oh, yeah. His dad? His mom? His sister? Uh, I want to thank his uh, washing machine for being in a half hour episodes that we need to edit out in the background. His dog? His dog. My dog? Your bunnies? You didn't even shout out the bunnies? The inspiration listen, listen, and listen. actor of Reginald? You've been pissing me off lately. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say for Christmas, I might have some new slippers. And of course, we want to thank you, Samantha. You're doing great. Thanks for listening. I want to thank Jared's dogs. <laughs> I want to thank Jared. Uh, Jared's been doing a lot for us lately on the financial front of things. Um, a merch. He came up with a sweet merch and like really cool logo for us. I want to thank Jared. And I want to thank Jared for eating chicken wings almost every single episode, too. It's just it's the little things, Dan. The little things. It's the little things. It's a lot of chicken wings. All right, Samantha, everybody else that's listening, <laughs> can't thank Samantha. you enough. <laughs> we'll see you in the new year. <laughs> oh, bye. Bye. <laughs>